This message comes from Capital One. Your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services backed by the strength of a top 10 commercial bank. Visit CapitalOne.com slash commercial. Member FDIC. A warning. This episode contains mention of intimate partner violence. The long wait for someone, somewhere, to have something to say about Jennifer Lopez's love life is finally over. She's released a film called This Is Me Now, A Love Story, in conjunction with an album and an upcoming documentary all about her journey from Gili to Joyful, from Falter to Alter, with her now husband, Ben Affleck. She sings, she dances, she is cared for by the weirdest council of advisors ever assembled, Take a breath, gaze into the center of a perfect flower, and prepare to be transported. I'm Linda Holmes, and on this episode of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, we're talking about This Is Me Now. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Now more than ever, your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, all tailored to your short and long-term goals. Backed by the strength and stability of a top 10 commercial bank, their dedicated experts work with you to build lasting success. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. A member FDIC. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from NPR sponsor Squarespace. Kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI, generating instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. No matter the placement, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Use code HAPPYHOUR to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mattress Firm. How do you sleep at night? Mattress Firm can help anyone sleep at night. Mattress Firm's sleep experts receive 200-plus hours of training annually to help you get your best rest. Upgrade your sleep with a Tempur-Pedic mattress made with a -a one-of-a-kind, infinitely adaptable temper material for exceptional support to help alleviate aches and pains. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night. Joining me today is the host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, Brittany Luce. Hey, Brittany. Hello, Linda. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. Also with us is a producer on NPR's Culture Desk and the Book of the Day podcast, Isabella Gomez-Sarmiento. Welcome back to the show, Isabella. Howdy. Thank you for having me. So back in 2002, Jennifer Lopez released her third studio album, This Is Me Then. It was inspired by her very high-profile relationship with Ben Affleck. In fact, it included a song called Dear Ben. She 
and Affleck got engaged, but then split, went their separate ways, had marriages and children with other people, and their relationship was regarded as a relic of the early aughts. That is, until it reignited and they were finally married in 2022. Her new album is called This Is Me Now, and it includes a song called Dear Ben Part 2. The album is accompanied by a film. It's a series of vignettes similar to music videos in which Lopez is a three-time loser as a bride, an abused woman looking to escape, a participant in a therapy group for love addicts, and a drone who works at the dystopian steampunk heart factory. Along the way, her Zodiac-inspired advisors in the sky discuss amongst themselves her search for love. In sequences that feature Jane Fonda, Trevor Noah, Jennifer Lewis, Kiki Palmer, Sofia Vergara, and sure, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Let's not give ourselves too much credit. We are the Zodiacal Council, but the stars hold all the power. The stars can speak their minds, but what is in the deepest recesses of your heart is ultimately what will manifest itself. Sometimes I chew my hair. Same! Lopez self-financed the whole project, which she co-wrote with Matt Walton, and the film was directed by Dave Myers, an experienced director of music videos. It's streaming on Prime Video. We should note that Amazon supports NPR and pays to distribute some of our content. Brittany, you've written about this film for NPR, calling it, uh, and I I loved this very much, a sparkling uh, temple to the self. Tell me more about that. One of the things I kept asking myself when I watched this spectacular, because it is a spectacle, Mm -hmm. is, you know, aside from wanting to kind of look into her past or poke fun at herself or get a deeper look or her relationships or to express herself, one of the things that I kept thinking when I watched this is like, this is definitely a vanity project. And it felt like Jennifer Lopez was trying to uh, like cement herself as a certain kind of star and creator, like somebody maybe perhaps like a Beyonce who puts out these like lengthy music videos or visual albums or whatever. Jennifer Lopez wants to be seen as a certain kind of creator. Mm -hmm. The, The thing that gets me about her, because in preparing to write this, I didn't just watch This Is Me Now, a love story, but I also watched her 2022 documentary halftime. Mm-hmm. The thing that struck me is that she definitely wants to be taken seriously. And she does have some serious charisma. She has some really nice like romantic comedy or comedic instincts that we see on display in this. Yes. And she can dance. I mean, she can dance. Like her dancing is incredible. Yeah. But the thing that kept getting me is like, why do you keep returning to yourself as the subject? Especially in a project that while definitely a lot of fun to watch. She ultimately doesn't have any huge like emotional revelation. Yeah. So like, you know, when we all watched Lemonade, we were like, Jay-Z, what did you do? Right. With Jennifer Lopez, uh, like, girl, I see you and Ben all the time on Instagram. I subscribed to your newsletter. So I knew when you got married in Mm -hmm. Vegas, it was just so bizarre to me. I'm like, you want to be taken seriously, but the subject you keep returning to is yourself. Like, why not just do an old fashioned vanity project? And the other thing to me, I listened to the album before I watched the film. And it was interesting seeing how the film really tries to kind of branch out and like, you know, it feels like one part of it is about her history of getting married a bunch of times. And one part of it is about this visit to this therapy group. Mm-hmm. Whereas to me, if you listen to the album, it sounds like sort of a a looping 
mid-tempo sex jam (laughs) with sort of kind of intermittent breaks for sometimes fairly explicit Ben Affleck erotica and lyrics that kind of sound like to me like a if an Instagram influencer makes like an anniversary post, you know, it's like you make me the best version of myself. It goes like that for sort of the whole thing. I mean, there are only a couple places where I was like, oh, I wonder if this is as specifically about Ben Affleck as the rest Mm. of this record. And to me, it's like it's a vanity project, but also it made me think like, what is going on in this relationship (laughs) that it felt necessary to do this? Isabella, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I also listened to the album before watching uh, the film. Mm -hmm. It was this like Colleen Hoover level (laughs) lyricism where I was so... I mean, I have to preface this by saying that, like, I've never fully understood the J-Lo phenomenon. I think Mm. partially, like, my biases of that is, like, I'm a bit young for J-Lo's come up. And also, I think Mm. I was living in Latin America when J-Lo was coming Mm -hmm. up. And she's a (laughs) much bigger deal here than she is in Latin America. But going into this project, I am even more confounded by, like, I think there's a level of, like, who J-Lo thinks J-Lo is and then who J-Lo is to the rest of the world. I don't know. I think I didn't feel like I was actually learning anything about her and Ben. It was just like she was just writing about romance point blank. But I was like, who are are these people and why do I care about them? And that's crazy because they're Benefer. Like, we do know a lot about them. But I didn't feel like I was actually (laughs) learning. Right. And I had the same reaction. I was like, I feel like what you're doing is writing a song that says a bunch of times, we broke up and now we're back together. I love you, Ben Affleck. And like, that's it. And it's those are the parts that I already know. And particularly in the tease for the documentary, there's all this footage of her being like, finally, I'm going to tell my story. And I was like, (laughs) in what way? Because there are parts of this that do feel specific, right? There's a sequence in this in which she's playing a woman who's being abused. Mm -hmm. It's not as if it specifies not only not who the guy is, but also like what point in her life this happened. Or Mm -hmm. is she literally saying that she was having these physical fights with somebody? Or is this more metaphorical? Like, I don't know. And it's not that you have to reveal those things. But if we already know a lot about you... And I watch this and I can't, like, it feels like a lot of this is coded, but I don't know how. And so it doesn't really tell me anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the thing that that got me. I mean, when you think about some of these big sort of like filmic mm-hmm. music video, movie musical, whatever kind of projects that expose something about the artist. Again, I keep coming back to Lemonade or even Beyonce's like self-titled album. Seems like the obvious reference, right? Yeah, exactly. A lot of times projects like these tend to come from mm-hmm. artists who are either telling a specific sort of story, almost like the who's Tommy, you know what I mean? Where you're like, mm-hmm. this is a really long story about a character. Maybe not necessarily me. Right. This is a this is not autofiction. This is a this is almost like a it's an opera of some sort. Or it's like you're doing the Beyonce thing where you're like, this is about me. But it's from an artist like Beyonce who doesn't speak to anybody. Right. Yes. I couldn't tell you like if Beyonce chews gum or how often she washes her hair. So when she's like, my husband cheated on me, I'm like, I'm listening. <laughs> right. And the other thing I think with Jennifer Lopez as well is like mm-hmm. there's like a weird frozen in amber quality to this, to the way she talks about she and Ben's relationship and also to even the way she depicts herself both in her movies. To me, I was in middle school and early high school when she and Ben Affleck were together. And so I remember it 
But like now I'm in my mid thirties, like I'm kind of like amused by them getting back together. And it seems Mm -hmm. it's a fun thing to get into celebrity tabloid wise. Yeah. Like it's fine. But in her mind, it's almost like the world is probably wondering. I'm like, no, it's been 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so I think she has this idea that like time is a flat circle with regard to the public perception and interest in their relationship. But also like the way she depicts herself in um, This Is Me Now, I find Jennifer Lopez very interesting. Ding, I think as like a like celebrity, as a figure, uh, I'm like definitely like pro Jennifer Lopez's acting career. And like the 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. I was like, just, this was headed places. But I think with her kind of like persona that she puts forth in her movies and in this film, it's like she's perpetually 35, mm-hmm. unmarried, no children. Yes. She seems to actually be like in her public persona, she likes to foreground the fact that she's like a mom and sometimes a co-parent. Now mm-hmm. you're like presenting yourself to me this way, but you're 54. And I know that you have children who are like, mm-hmm. her twins are turning 16 this year. I would yeah. have loved to have thought, like to heard from her, even if it's not in great detail about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what it's mm-hmm. like to like really get married again and be like blending a family and like thinking about how you're modeling what it means to love and be loved in front of your children. She didn't have to get into deep details. And I would have loved yeah. to have seen more of like her actual real life journey that she has let us in on a little bit yeah. in how she's thinking about her relationships. There was like no specificity whatsoever about her and Ben None. getting back together or the growth that her character is supposed to go through in this project. It's just kind of like, I believe in love. Right. Which again, I think it was campy and like very self-aware in some parts, like mm-hmm. with the bride wedding sequence was like fun and mm-hmm. like she's poking at herself. Like I'm relying on relationships too. And the, f- the friends are cute. Like how the friends yeah. are like, well, I guess she's getting married again. And I <laughs> totally. thought that was endearing. Everyone here said you have a problem, but I do not think you do. He is very hot and he has a good credit score. Awkward. <laughs> Didn't prepare anything. Uh, Those parts were fun, but then it was like, oh, and now you're just you still believe in love and you found it again. And we have no insight yeah. as to like how that changed you or what changed within you. Yeah. And what's so funny about this to me is, as you say, there's no real emotional specificity. But at the same time, there there are also these jarring moments of of lyrical specificity that are intended mm-hmm. to make sure that you don't miss what it's about. There's this moment where she's talking about, you know, they got married mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. And that seems to be true as far as I know. Mm-hmm. You know, you could write a song that's just like a song about running away and get married, getting married in Las Vegas that could kind of be about anybody. But there's a, mm-hmm. an early line in the song where she says, you know, there were a bunch of, you know, people around our agents. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't. It's crowded with families and agents, room reservations, which destination, perhaps helicopters, event of the ages, caught in the matrix. You don't have to make sure that everybody knows this can only be about you, right? Yeah. I was telling one of my friends, I got to the point where I really thought that I was going to roll into a song that was like, and then we did it under the Dunkin' Donuts sign. <laughs> like, it's so specific and yet not specific. It's also weird to do a thing that's like, finally, I'm going to speak my truth. If you made a documentary about yourself two years ago, right? right. Like, you have not been a closed book. And uh. I'm coming across here as being very hard on this project. And I I do think this project is quite silly. But I'm actually, like, a very big fan of her in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. I love watching her dance. I love watching her perform in general. So cool. I think she's incredibly charismatic. Yeah. I do think she's done mm-hmm. some really nice work as a romantic comedy lead and in, like, Out of Sight and... Out 
a sight. I liked her in that terrible like shotgun wedding thing she was in. I thought she was funny Loved in that. It. And she looks glorious and like and Selena. So, oh, Selena I am a big amazing. fan of her and I totally mm-hmm. admire her as like a business person and a person who controls the brand that she has. Like I absolutely respect all of this and I know that there are men who reach a similar stage of their career and do things that are just as self-indulgent and just as kind mm-hmm. of like, get me, let me share my inner personal self. And it's received very differently. Yes. There's a song on the album where she's basically saying, like, I don't care anymore. Like, now we don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. Like, now we that's always what she has put in songs. That's what Jenny from the Block is, right? It's like, I'm a regular person. It doesn't matter what my public persona is. She manages to make her incredibly famous persona about, as you said, Brittany, self-revelation, which she's figured out how to do perpetually (laughs) without really (laughs) adding anything. It's amazing, right? No, I mean, you're absolutely right. She has made that um, a big running theme of her work. And another running theme that I noticed of her work, which feels tied to this, and I found very um, surprising, actually, she has this intense desire to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. It was so strange to watch the halftime documentary, which is about her co-headlining the Super Bowl with Shakira, the same time she's also on the press an awards season circuit for mm-hmm. Hustlers, a movie which in which she was totally fabulous and she was amazing. And at the end of the her documentary, as we all know, let's get loud. You know, she's saying at the what oh, is the it, inauguration. The, yes. Let's get loud at the end of this Lannister land. Let's get loud. Why did you bring your own song into like? America the yes, Beautiful, yes. <laughs> the inauguration. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it, it was so confusing to me because she's like, people misunderstand me. They don't take me seriously. I'm like, Jennifer Lopez, even one of these accomplishments would be career-defining for mm-hmm. literally any other human being, any other famous person. And you managed to pack three into like the same year and a half, two-year period. Yeah. Yet your takeaway is that no one takes you seriously. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yes. Right. There's like this weird theater kid, Jennifer Lopez, that I'm very interested in, that I do kind of like, I I do like to hear a little bit about that person's insecurities. I just wish that she was as interested in exploring them through her art as she is with sharing them with us. Like when I watched her documentary halftime, Mm -hmm. she has some issues to work through still in that department. And I thought that was so interesting. But again, it kind of like with This Is Me Now, it's like in in across, I think a lot of her art that's about herself, she'll touch on something very interesting or surprising and then she'll kind of like move Mm -hmm. on. And it's a little frustrating. Yeah, I think like my takeaway from this is like JLo to me seems like she's always on the defense for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the halftime Super Bowl show, like she was upset about co-headlining with Shakira and she had some valid reasons for that. And then I think inserting her own song into the This Land is Your Land inauguration, even most recently doing press for this. Like yeah. she's revealing that she's had this beef with Iowa Debris about past comments that this like young actress has made about her career, which doesn't seem to, it shouldn't maybe be the purpose of what she's talking about when she's promoting this project. Yes. You're at this point in your career where like, I just don't understand why mm-hmm. you are so defensive about like claiming your place because you you have it. And I think there's like more interesting things to explore. And this project to me felt very much like she thought she was making her lemonade, but it did not land like that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, Brittany, you talked about her desire to be taken seriously, but it is also mixed with a kind of 
teeth gritting desire to demonstrate that she has a sense of humor about herself. (laughs) She and Ben Affleck are maybe my two favorite celebrity examples of I can never figure out whether they genuinely have a good sense of humor about themselves or whether they feel an incredible desire (laughs) to demonstrate that they have a sense of humor about themselves, even though they absolutely don't. And I don't know which it is. I truly don't. I've seen both of them do things in public when she was on Will and Grace and when he does a whole variety of things, including the Dunkin' Donuts ad Mm -hmm. in the the Super Bowl. The Dunkin' Donuts commercial. It fascinates me because they're both like that. They're both defensive about kind of everything. It has to be a fascinating relationship. <laughs> I wonder what the kids think about this. I'm like, imagine like your stepmom's like, all right, you guys, uh, let's sit down, let's watch my new project. And you're like, I don't know. I thought about that with like, particularly with the album, when you listen to the lyrics, there's a little bit of a sense that like all of our relationships between when we were first together and when we got back together, were all just sort of meaningless diversions from our ultimate great love story. And I'm like, mm. I mean, it's one thing to say that to your ex and your husband's ex Mm -hmm. it's another thing to say to your kids like (sighs) sort of everything was just a you know delay in us finally getting together which is how the album in particular plays to me and i was like i don't know if your kids need to hear that you know yeah i think i've been harsh on j-lo throughout this conversation and i do think i saw it a little bit as her reclaiming some of the like um i guess autonomy that she felt like early 2000s tabloid culture took away from her and how her relationship was put in such a public spotlight maybe in a way that she wasn't comfortable with or maybe in a way that clearly seems to have had damaging effects on the relationship at that time so in a way i was like okay this is cool that she's sort of like providing that information to us on her own terms i just didn't feel like there was anything there that we actually did learn about their journey coming back together it felt very mm-hmm. felt like very surface level specificity when there were references to their relationship mm-hmm. and i i want to touch quickly on one other mm-hmm. thing before we go which is i do want to ask you guys how you felt about the table of cameos the kind of zodiac council because <laughs> to me it felt like I mean, it's sort of a cute idea, and it certainly got them a lot of publicity to be like, Trevor Noah's in this, Jane Fonda's in this. But I kind of felt like, okay, Kiki Palmer's doing Kiki Palmer, and, you know, Jane Fonda's doing Jane Fonda, and Jennifer Lewis is doing Jennifer Lewis, and it's fine. But, like, it did feel tacked on. I agree. I think it definitely felt tacked on. I will say, as a Scorpio, I had Kiki Palmer (laughs) playing my signs. I was like... Very, very, very immaculate choices made in this section of the film. Mm-hmm. But it felt like everybody had recorded individually. Mm-hmm. Not everybody was an actor. <laughs> so, like, Jennifer Lewis and Sofia Vergara and, like, Kiki Palmer were, like, great. Neil deGrasse Tyson was fine, you know, doing his, like, scientist thing. But, like, Post Malone, I was like, y'all should have given somebody to read lines with because I don't know if he knew what y'all were going for. She's bound to go in circles. Unless she rises above her physical self. Yeah, she got to rise up. I'm going to need to get right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think Kiki Palmer was like the highlight of that for me because I love her. And I was like, wow, she will just shine in anything that you put her in. But it just felt so, (laughs) there was just too much world building going on. And that part of it to me, like, didn't (laughs) click into all of the other things that were happening in J-Lo's, like, material life. Well, listen, it's big. It's a movie. 
There's going to be a documentary. We want to know what you think about Jennifer Lopez's This Is Me Now, A Love Story. Find us at Facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our epic show. Isabella, Brittany, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. We want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. If you haven't signed up yet, you want to show your support, and you'd like to listen to this show without any sponsor breaks, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Hafsa Fatima and Liz Metzger and edited by Jessica Reedy and Mike Katzeff. Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Linda Holmes, and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.